Welcome to the Lab Rats Podcast. You are now entering the maze. I got this kettle and fire bone broth. Yeah, I'm just drinking water. You're just drinking original, original bone broth. Yeah. I pretty soon here will add back spin drift. I know. I can't wait. A couple of days. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I'm, so I've been making bone broth for a couple months and with like vegetables and everything, it's totally good. Like it actually like tastes really good. Do you have like spices too, or just you cook it in, in veggies? Yeah. I, I let it simmer in veggies and then I put some turmeric in it. Okay. And like that all tastes good. But then when we went carnivore, I did only bones and it was not good. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> like I realized how bad it was when I had the kettle and fire bone broth at your place. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, yeah, this is good. My stuff is crap. So but I did get some more bones from Belcampo. So I might have just not used enough bones. So was it just like watery or is it just like, yeah, it just like cardboard. It tasted like cardboard, <laughs> cardboard soaked in water. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Well. Should we dive in? Let's dive in. All right. Well, this episode is going to be a little bit different. Uh, we aren't really covering a, a health-specific sp- topic today. Instead, we're going to be talking about um, really all of the health topics that we've discussed and how like they play a role in our lives. And I know like in the past, we haven't really shared much about our personal lives, nor do we really share much about our personal lives on, on Instagram. I don't think, Andy, you or I really... <laughs> Like, I don't know. We're, we're just fairly per, um, private, I guess, when it comes to like social media and all that. So we really just want to take an episode here to give a little bit of context about who we are and discuss kind of what we do on a daily basis for the things we talk about, fitness, nutrition, recovery, mindset. We've had um, a lot of questions about like what we eat, what we supplement with. So we're going to really just kind of run through... Uh, an overview of who we are, um, each of us, and then we'll take a run through of our day, kind of like our health routines of the day, which we'll hit on um, fitness, nutrition, recovery, and mindset. Um, But yeah, kind of a a different type of episode today, just to get to know um, for especially with new listeners, kind of our, our story, and what we do for our health every day. So Andy, do you want to you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure. So I am Andy. I don't know if people can tell the difference between our voices at this point, um, but I'm Andy. I'm the one in Charlotte, North Carolina. So we were both raised in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I was born in 91. So I am 29, one year left in my 20s. Uh, We've talked about on here a few times. We spent a lot of our childhood doing springboard diving. That was like our sport growing up. Uh, that was probably the only thing that kept us in shape because we ate such crap when we were kids. Um, but that kind of kept us in shape, kept us moving. I had a had and have a great family life. Uh, really enjoyed, really enjoyed my childhood. We we intermittent intermittently tried bodybuilding. Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah, it was. I don't even know how. It was probably. I was probably like late middle school early high school and you were probably like mid high school and we tried to do like all these different bodybuilding routines i think like one thing that kicked it off was like we saw twilight and we saw taylor lautner and twilight and we were like <laughs> Dude, i want to yeah. look like that <laughs> right and then we tried we started supplementing then we were doing like bcas creatine and then like at the y we'd go like five in the morning and like do these these bodybuilding workouts yeah, that was fun. I mean, we were pretty dedicated for a while. We were. Yeah, no, it was. I mean, it was it was fine. It was a good kind of introduction to health and fitness for us. Yeah, that was kind of like the post diving years. We we didn't have to train for diving. So we're like, let's just try to get jacked, um, you know, like Taylor Lautner. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I went to I went to a small school in Grand Rapids, Michigan called Calvin College for accounting. I, I actually spent the two first years diving in college, and I think that's where I really had to learn about productivity and time management. 
uh, it really taught me, as I'm sure it taught most people, uh, just how how to learn, how to how to find the answers myself, and uh, you just figure out a lot in college. Met my wife, Katie. I want to I plug something here. So Andy won't admit this, but with diving, he was actually a total rock star at his college. He, you crushed, oh. I think, every single record at that college, oh, didn't but, you? I mean, it was, it was D3. It wasn't like <laughs> anything crazy. But no, we, um, we actually had kind of a, a cool experience with diving because we had we were able to die. Like some of our teammates went on to be in the, in the Olympics. So we got to kind of see some high level diving and, and, um, yeah, Yeah. it it allowed Andy to go into college and dive and crush some of the records there. So, um, yeah, it was fun. Uh, Yeah, it was, it was a lot of work, but I think that that's what actually kind of taught us discipline at an early age. Yeah, definitely. And we had to get up early, jump in cold water. It's not fun jumping in a cold pool early in the morning. No, no, it's not. And I think something that's unique about diving, like we, we both did baseball as well, but that was not really, um, we weren't really good at it, nor did we spend a lot of time with it. And that's a team sport, but this is, and people like, I kind of rave about the benefits of team sports and learning how to work with others and um, just all of the, the benefits that you get from, from developing as a team. People don't really talk much about individual sports, but I feel like like both playing on a team and then working as at an individual sport like diving. I feel like there's just so many, I guess it, I, I feel like it mimics real life more um, when you're doing these individual sports that you, I mean, you're going through these tough times all by yourself. You have teammates next to you, but they're, it's just different. Um, right. But yeah, like you said, I just feel like it, it really did develop us, um, made us more independent and uh, you really have to kind of work hard just in your yeah. own mind. And, and it's, it's, you have to face a lot of fears. I mean, it's scary getting up there. I mean, you know, once you do the dive over and over again, you make, you make it look easy, but it's still scary. I remember, I think two stories that really kind of taught me that I just need to like face my fears is, I mean, it happened several times, but I was, uh, on the, the high dive, I guess is what most people call it. And I was trying a new dive. I think it was like a back two and a half. So you do two and a half flips, land on your head. Why I went way over and I just laid out flat on my stomach (laughs) and I was trying, I came out of the water and I was trying to hold back tears because I was actually at a, like a diving camp and I didn't know all these people. I didn't really know the coach and I was just trying to hold back tears and I I'm, I'm like sitting on the side of the pool and my coach comes over and he said, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. Take a deep breath. And then he's like, now, you know, you're going to have to get up there and do that again. Right. (laughs) And I got him and I did it again. And it's like, it, you don't want it. Like you just, there's so much fear and this is going to hurt. Like I could just yeah. lay out flat again or I could, I could hit my head on the board. Like one, one story I'm going off on a tangent here, but this was in college. I had a teammate who was doing a reverse two and a half. So you go forward off the board and then you do basically a black. It's a gainer. Um, he was doing a gainer two and a half on the high dive and he went straight up did two flips and came back. And as he was coming around on his half flip, he just smacked his head oh, on the board, man. fell in the water, limp. Somebody had to go in and get him. He was, was he unconscious as soon as he hit the board? Yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he was like in a daze and didn't know where he was. Uh, he ended up having to, he was out the rest of the year. He actually had to get like therapy to, to walk. I mean, he was able to walk again, but also like speech therapy. It was bad. Wow. That's pretty, that's like an, an extreme for diving. Like people right. hit the board. I mean, it's not uncommon to hit the board, but that extreme is, is, is uncommon. Yeah. And that was like a teammate, you know, I mean, I've seen people hit the board, but that was a teammate who I dove with every day and I had to get up and do the same exact dive right Jeez. after that. And so, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, it's an individual sport. I mean, your life's not on the line with diving, but I don't know. It's just one of those things that I'm thankful I had the experience. I think it taught me a lot that I, I wouldn't trade for anything. So anyway, that uh, I did that two years in college. I uh, met my wife, Katie, at freshman orientation. And the first day I got to school is when I met her. We started dating second semester of freshman year, dated all throughout college. Uh, and then uh, we got we got married after we both graduated. Uh, let's see. I spent a summer in New York City during in college uh, for an internship. That was a lot of fun. Um, and then I graduated in December of 2013 got married. 
my wife and I moved to Charlotte, uh, and then I spent about four years working for Ernst & Young, which is a, a big public accounting firm. Did that, got my CPA exam. Again, with that, similar to, to college, I think it just you're forced to adapt to certain situations in kind of a big co- corporate setting like that, not just public accounting in a lot of in a lot of jobs. You're just you're put in a situation where you don't feel like you're ready and you have to perform. You have to yeah. find the answer. We had to do a lot of research. You know, I spent some time in auditing, sometimes in tax, and you just have to you have to learn to research and fi- find the right answer. You have to learn to work under pressure, manage your time, manage multiple projects. Uh, also learned the, the consequences of poor sleep and poor food choices <laughs> during that job. For those of you who don't know what the CPA exam, uh, it's like, so for accounting, like if you major in accounting, if you want to really do anything at our, at a higher level with your degree in accounting, you need to be a certified public accountant, CPA, but it's, I mean, it's basically equivalent to a lawyer has to, to pass the bar exam. Accountants have to pass the CPA exam. Yeah. It's hundreds and hundreds of hours of studying. The pass rate for the CPA exam is actually lower than the bar exam. So it's, yeah, it's it's challenging. So that was, yeah, again, just having to do things you don't want to do. But it was good. And while I was doing that, uh, I was trying to stay in shape, but again, wasn't eating great. And the workouts I was doing were intermittent. So during busy season, which was, you know, I don't know, four, four months out of the year, wasn't working out at all, eating like crap. And then during the summer, I would do like Shanti's Insanity or Max 30. And then I'd get out of shape again <laughs> during busy season. But I did that. And then in for a few years and then mid-2017, Katie was diagnosed with MS. And that's when I kind of realized that like we just, something needs to change. It was a it was a really scary time that, that whole year. And I wanted to be be home more, be flexible. I didn't want to be gone during big chunks of the year, especially with just with everything she was going through. So I finished out that year and then um, shifted to financial planning, got my certified financial planning designation. And that's where I'm at today. All right. Great story. Yeah. So let's, let's hear it from you. Pretty similar background, obviously. We're brothers. And I'm 26, so we're just about three years apart. I'm the I'm Aaron, the younger brother. And Although people think that we're twins a lot of the times. Yeah, we even though we that, have different eye colors. Yeah, we get that very very often that people think we're twins. Um, I yep, born raised in Indiana, and then I moved to Indianapolis, which is where I currently live. Um, let's see. I went to college at Purdue University, also studied accounting there. And then after my junior year of college, I married my high school sweetheart and she moved to Purdue with me where we lived out our last year there. And then after that, we located, relocated to the Indianapolis area where I still am. And similar to Andy, also worked for Ernst & Young for, I only worked for my first two years out of school. And it was, like Andy said, it's, it's very challenging. It really was a, a great learning experience, though. I mean, looking back, I, as much as I, I hated those two years, and as, as miserable as life was, I would not, I wouldn't change it. Like, there was, there's so much personal development, so much learning um, that goes on with that. So it, it was, it paid off. Um, yeah. And I mean, I, I think most people <laughs> in public accounting at some point have a breakdown. <laughs> I, there are, there are times when I like literally wanted to cry. I probably did cry. No, I, I, I cried. I did. I, I, <laughs> I remember sitting on the couch. It was, it was right, right before I quit. And I was like, cause I, I knew I didn't want to do this. Like I, I knew a few months into this job, I'm like, I like, I don't like the work I'm doing every day. The hours are terrible. Um, and after doing that for two years, I, I, I literally like broke down and cried. I'm like, I, I don't know what to do with my life. I, I don't know what to do next. I can't take these hours. I was extremely sleep deprived, nutritionally deprived. I mean, you, you know, the feeling you, you did two more years than I did, but yeah. 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 It's not fun. Not fun at all, um, but, but no, it teaches it, you something. Like it, you, you come yeah. out on the other side a stronger person. Yeah, you do. So, yeah, during that time, 
nutrition, exercise, relationships are we're all neglected and um, it's just not a fun time. So I decided after two years to move on. Um, I got my CPA during that time, but then I moved into a job, uh, a finance job in healthcare here in Indianapolis, which is currently my full-time job. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of my school work family background. And I've always, I guess, had an interest in, in fitness and nutrition growing up and mainly because of our involvement with, with diving, but we really never stuck to anything. Like we, we did the bodybuilding for a little bit. I probably ran for a little bit. Like I know I'd go out and like, you know, just run two miles, but nothing really stuck. And it wasn't really until my sophomore year of college. And I, I remember this very specifically because I, I didn't dive in college. So I had not been doing any type of sports and I really wasn't working out much. I didn't like eat like crap my entire like freshman year. I didn't gain weight or anything, but I looked in the mirror and I'm going to sound kind of uh, arrogant. So I apologize, but I, I did not have abs for the first time in, in years. Um, yeah, because growing up with diving, diving yeah, is so much abs. And it all, is like, really. If, and we were diving every day, sometimes twice a day. Right. And. If you do that, I mean, you're going to have a six pack, eight pack. Yeah. So we both had abs growing up and it wasn't like, it was just normal for us. And it was like, for the first time I didn't see that, I'm like, what, what's happening to me? <laughs> so at the, I, I remember so clearly, like I remember where I was standing and, um, I'm like, yeah. I need to get back into shape. So that's when, uh, dad had been doing CrossFit for a couple of years. And that's when I'm like, I need to find a CrossFit gym. Cause I had done it a couple of times. And then, so I joined a CrossFit gym at Purdue in Lafayette and I did that and I, I fell in love with it. And then I kind of just continued to, um, focus on improving my eating habits. And then just for the past five years, those kind of have all developed and improved over time. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah, I didn't even talk about how I really got into fitness, but yeah, we were kind of always, uh, always into it, but yeah, nothing stuck. The real, the real turning point for me, I think where it was really, where I really started to take nutrition seriously was when Katie was diagnosed with MS. I always knew it was good. And, and we always, we, you know, tried to eat semi-healthy or we thought we were, but it wasn't until she got diagnosed, I started doing research on, you know, diets that could maybe help slow down the progression of her disease. And that just, you know, listening to podcasts, reading books, you know, reading studies, that just opened my eyes to to the world of nutrition and just really overall wellness. And I, I'll have her on sometime to go through her whole story. But that that really kind of is what I think kicked me off on this journey and just seeing the power of lifestyle choices and how important it is. Yeah, I think a lot of people when they like have, I mean, that's such a like a uh, a life changing event there right and anybody who experiences something like that and then sees the benefits of just changing like your lifestyle i mean it really changes completely how you look at like health right i mean for me it wasn't that drastic obviously and unfortunately i didn't have a, a situation like that but just after coming off of like two years at ey and just like living um, a mentally terrible lifestyle not moving eating bad and then looking at how my life changed like six months after that, I was eating much better. I was moving all the time, not sitting in a chair until 11 p.m. at night. I was getting sleep, like a lot of sleep every night and just how quickly I felt so much better. Um, I mean, physically, but I think more than anything mentally, which like I felt oh, right. so much better physically, but mentally it was like even beyond that. So just seeing how life, like how simple lifestyle changes impacts um, you is like, it's incredible. Just simple tweaks we can make with what we eat, how often we moved, how much sleep we get. And yeah, I think that's kind of both the reason both of us wanted to do this podcast was to share that um, with other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's the world of health and fitness can be so convoluted and it's so hard to decipher you know, the difference between like a clickbait article and like something that actually has scientific evidence behind it, especially when it comes to health and fitness. And that, that has been frustrating to me 
And so that's why we wanted to to do this is just kind of help the normal person try to be trying to be healthy, understand like what does the research actually say? Not some article that, you know, BuzzFeed, you know, pulled from a forum. Like what what does the evidence actually say? What studies have been done? So that's kind of what we're trying to do. And I guess it's our journey as well. We're we're always learning stuff new and and we see the positive impact and we want other people to be positively impacted. We want other people to feel better and just live well. Yeah, there's there's more information out there now than ever before. More controversial information out there ever than ever before. It's hard to figure out what's true, what's false. Um, and especially with social media platforms, you're only shown certain things um, in certain circumstances. So it can, yeah, it's just a challenge to figure out what what is good, what's a healthy lifestyle. Not only that, but what what is good for us individually? Like even you and I are like we have certain, um, I guess, just health standards we follow. But even within that, there's things for each of us that are specific to our biology. Right. Um, and that's a whole different um, deep dive into the, the field yeah. of health. But all right. So do we want to get through our kind of our personal routines. Yeah, let's go into the uh, the daily routine. You want to kick us off? Yeah. So my routine kind of changes. You know, I always like try new things and, and schedules change. But here is the gist. And this is pre-carnivore, run carnivore now. And that just kind of trashed my normal routine. Is this also, obviously, there's been so many wrenches thrown into the world. Um, is this pre, is this, how much did your, has your routines changed since the like quarantine and, and COVID period? Has it because you worked from home sort of already before? Has your your routines like were they all thrown off when the quarantine happened? It was thrown off for the better. Okay, uh, I I learned to prioritize things and say no to things, and so that actually allowed me to get into a better routine. Okay, so this is kind of your your once you get off carnivore, this is. This is your current daily routine. Yep. Yep. Okay. All right. So I typically wake up at 6 a.m. Try to do that every day, even on the weekends, to to maintain my body's natural uh, circadian rhythm. Notice huge benefits doing that. I used to get up at like 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. until I started seeing the consequences. I feel like I couldn't think very clearly. I was just, I was getting burnt out. I was, I was telling myself I need to get up this early to get everything done but I think my productivity was being affected. So I basically just said, you know what? I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. I'm going to get at least seven hours of real sleep, um, you know, try to get closer to eight. And I'm just going to have to figure out how to get all my stuff done in the workday. Been more efficient with my sleep. I'm really happy. One of the best decisions I've made is, is actually slipping, sticking to that uh, wake time. I think something we've mentioned probably in our sleep episode is to not don't make sleep the plug to life. Don't do everything you have to do in the day. And then whatever time is left, use that for sleep. Like decide upfront, I need to sleep seven hours, which means you probably need to be in bed for eight and a half hours. Like establish that time, that eight and a half hours is gone. Work around your sleep schedule, not the other way around. Yeah, that's what I did. And I thought that I would be more stressed, but I can actually manage stress better. I'm more productive. I get things done quicker. It I mean, I mean, simple things like I can find the words to write an email much faster when mm -hmm. I have sleep. Yeah. And in that way, I'm more efficient and and I'm living healthier and I'm getting the same amount of stuff done. So that's yeah, that's been huge for me. Uh, and then again, pre carnivore, I would make some pour over coffee. I just normally do one 16 ounce cup of coffee. My personal favorite coffee is Keon coffee, but that's expensive. It's like 25 bucks a bag. So I only get that a couple times a year on special occasions. So if I don't do that, I don't know. Everything's subpar to Keon, so it doesn't really matter. I'll, I'll do Starbucks <laughs> breakfast blend. Sprouts has some decent coffee. Counterculture um, are some ones that I go to. And then I'll, I'll mix in uh, some creatine, either Keon creatine or Thorn creatine. Five milligrams of that, and I don't notice it. It's flavorless. And then I do one hour of like mindset or, or reading. So I typically do some sort of scripture or devotional. And then I move into uh, gratitude journaling. I've been doing that 
consistently since our gratitude episode, which is like our fourth episode or something. So I've been doing that every day, really starts the day off right. And then I do a reading out of the Daily Stoic, which they're they're short, but you can take away a lot from those. And then I move into some sort of personal development reading or business development reading. Like right now I'm reading How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. Yeah, you've read that, right? Yeah, highly recommended. Like everybody, if like any, it's like, it's just the best like one-stop shop for a personal development book. Yeah, I feel like anybody could get so much out of that, no, yeah. no matter what your job is. Every chapter, like you're going to take something away from it. Yeah, it's yeah. really good. Great book. So I'm reading that because I, I want to highlight stuff, but sometimes that book will be an audiobook, And if that's the case, then I will walk while I listen to it, walk around my neighborhood a few times and then stretch while I'm listening to that. And then I try to do some sort of meditation, although that's kind of gone off the rails lately, but I try to do five to 10 minutes of headspace to kind of just get me um, in the right headspace for the day. <laughs> and then I take my morning supplements, which is ashwagandha. I take about a thousand milligrams from Dr. Seeds. We've done an episode on this. Uh, it was a few episodes ago. It's called Alternative Treatment to Anxiety. So check that out. Um, that has been good for me for stress management. And then I typically start work around 7 a.m. I start off with some emails and typically I like to do this outside. I'll, I'll sit outside and just work on emails, get some fresh air while Katie drinking her coffee outside. So it's some nice uh, time together in the morning. And then I work for a few hours. That's that's pretty much my morning routine. I normally don't eat lunch until noon. I do a 16-8 intermittent fast. So I, I fast for 16 hours a day and then eat in an eight-hour window each day. Those I've like also done noon, noon to eight, you'll eat. Yep. And then fast the rest of the time. Yeah, that's typically what I aim for. I'm not, do, I'm not really doing that on carnivore, but uh, we also did an episode on fasting. So check that out. Uh, and my lunch is normally a soup that we make the Sunday before. It's like bone broth, ground beef or bison, cabbage, carrots, onions, uh, coconut milk, and then some seasonings like turmeric, garlic, salt, pepper. I think it's got bay leaves in it. Probably other stuff I'm missing, but really hearty, um, really filling. And right after that, I'll take some midday supplements. So a lot of my supplements are fat soluble. So it's best to take with a fatty meal, like with my soup. For instance, vitamin D. I do my thorn vitamin D. I do that every day. I also do uh, zinc. Uh, 15. Well, no, I'll do 30 milligrams of zinc uh, from thorn. And then I do uh, some Paleo Valley organ complex. So I do not like eating organs. And this carnivore month has confirmed that. So this is freeze-dried liver, heart, and kidney in a capsule. So I take four of those every day. And then I take one milligram of BPC plus from Dr. Seeds. This is, uh, the, the name of the compound is called BPC 157 that has been shown to increase collagen synthesis. So it can help with tendon or ligament healing. So I started that when I sprayed my ankle back in December and I've just started, I've just kind of kept taking it. I've gotten a bunch of deals, um, through Dr. Seeds. So I kind of just keep getting those. And then I'll do uh, an omega-3 supplement. Typically do that on days that I'm not going to eat fish. I take a, a 1,280 milligram supplement from Nordic Naturals. They're kind of big pills, but they're like the uh, flavorless uh, omega-3, so they don't taste nasty. Does that have omega-6 in it as well, or is it just I think three? it's just omega-3. And then I will do uh, 300 milligrams of NMN from Tonic. So NMN, we haven't done an episode on this, but it's an NAD booster. So it's it's useful for anti-aging. We'll, we'll do a full episode on that at some point. And then I was taking resveratrol also for anti-aging, but I, I stopped taking that after I, I heard about a human trial where the results aren't as promising as with rodent trials. So I stopped taking that. I think that's everything <laughs> for my midday supplements. It's quite the stack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot, but all right. And then kind of as those settle, I'll, um, I'll drink a smoothie, kind of two smoothies that I do. I think uh, we posted one of them before. So one is just spinach, clementines, mango, or pineapple. That's kind of the base. Well, and then water and ice, of course. 
and then one teaspoon of uh, Laird Hamilton's performance mushrooms. It's a mushroom powder. Do a teaspoon of this. It's it's lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, and maitake. I think that's how you say it. So a nice mushroom stack. Teaspoon of algae powder, seaweed powder, and maca powder. So that would be like one smoothie. Uh, that's the one Katie drinks for her um, her diet. And I'll, I'll do that too. Um, sometimes I, I want to do more of a fatty smoothie. So I'll do one with full fat coconut milk, spinach, uh, the mushroom powder I just mentioned, reishi powder, algae and seaweed powder, maca, cacao powder, cinnamon and honey. And that's kind of a, more of a chocolatey. Oh, and then like almond butter. You just like, you kind of rotate between those two. Yeah, kind of just depends how I feel. Yeah, the second smoothie is just a total fat bomb. <laughs> so all of this normally keeps me full until dinner. I don't really snack that much. We don't buy a lot of snacks. Um, I mean, I might do like an apple or a banana or a Lara bar throughout the day, but that's that's pretty much it. So, you know, Aaron mentioned diet at the beginning. We've had a lot of people ask us, like, what do you guys eat? What is your diet? And you could probably tell from our Instagram, it's it's kind of paleo. Uh, I guess I'd call it like a, mine is a modified paleo. It's called the walls protocol. I think I've mentioned it on here before. It's, it's a diet. It's an anti-inflammatory diet specifically designed for people with MS. So I do that primarily. I mean, my wife does it. I feel good on it. And it's, it's just easier when we're both doing the same thing. So, so it's basically a paleo diet. Here's kind of what it, what it looks like in a day. Here are the guidelines. It's three cups of leafy greens, like spinach, arugula, uh, three cups of sulfur-rich vegetables, like broccoli, cauliflower, and then three cups of non-starchy vegetables, like onions, carrots, peppers, and then seaweed and algae. Uh, You're supposed to get some fermented foods in there, 9 to 21 ounces of meat per day, uh, organ meat, which like I said, I do in capsules, Um, and that's pretty much it. You try to do that in a day. It's about 70% vegetables. And then, you know, you get a decent amount of meat in there as well. So that's generally the guideline I follow. Things I stay away from, uh, sugar, uh, breads and grains, vegetable oils. We did a whole, and natural flavorings. We did a whole episode on that called, Are Your Healthy Snacks Actually Healthy? And I've especially stayed away from vegetable oil since I've seen the research on that. We stay away from legumes. Mostly for Katie, it doesn't seem to bother me too much, like eating like black beans, but they can be inflammatory for her with her MS. So we stay away from those. Pretty much stay away from dairy. Dairy doesn't sit great with me. And then, you know, like I said, sugar. I don't drink any like sugary drinks or pop. I generally stay away from beer and liquor uh, unless it's like with friends, but I love wine. That's kind of the, the, the one alcohol that I really like. So that's kind of my uh, my normal diet. Yeah, so then after lunch, uh, I, I'll either do a, a workout either at lunch before my meal uh, or in the evening. It kind of just depends on what my day my day holds. And I normally do a Thorn Aminos uh, drink as a pre-workout. And then I, I normally work until 5.30-ish. And then I'll exercise. And I, I, I typically start with like a stretching and a therapy first. Before COVID, I was going to CrossFit S3. Haven't been back yet since COVID and, you know, partially due to COVID, partially due to my knee, but I've been following either their programming at my house or just doing my own programming based on what I can do with, with my knee. Try to work out at least five days a week, although it normally ends up being four because stuff just comes up. Uh, And then one to two of those workouts, I try to make it really intense where like I'm, I'm laying on the ground at the end of the workout. Don't want to do that every day, but, you know, once or twice a week, I try to get to that point. All right. So that uh, is is my day. And then I go into uh, my evening. So I typically take a shower and make dinner. Dinner could be a variety of things. It's it's normally like two types of veggies and a protein. So maybe salmon with broccoli and cauliflower or just a beef patty with Brussels sprouts and sweet potatoes. You know, something like some sort of combination like that. I may do a glass of wine with dinner, depending on the night. My CrossFit box owner is a Scout and Cellar rep, so I, I get the Scout and Cellar subscription. It's like a clean wine, so I'll do that. I don't know, a couple nights a week maybe, and I try to try to save that for the weekend because it does disrupt my sleep. But generally, I try to cut off liquids at least two hours before bed. I find that that helps me sleep better and stay asleep. 
And so after dinner, I typically go back to work for an hour or two. I put my blue light blocking glasses on, red light filter on my phone, and then I spend an hour or two working on either work stuff, lab rats, research or editing, and then or um, volunteer work. I sit on a board for a nonprofit here in Charlotte, which takes up some time. So I'll do that in the evening as well. I try to save most of my non-work projects for the evening. Uh, for like a little dessert, I may do some chocolate, like 72% cacao chocolate with no added sugar. Or uh, Katie makes these paleo desserts. They're pretty good. So I might do that. And then before bed, my nightly supplement stack is uh, valerian root, uh, 1,000 milligrams of that. Uh, magnesium glycinate. I The brand... I get, and I honestly don't know if this brand is super high quality. It's called We Are Fit. And the reason I get that is because they have the high dosage. Um, most people are deficient in magnesium, and we've talked about in the past. So I take 600 milligrams of that before bed. Significantly increases my REM sleep. Anytime I take that, I I dream, and my, my REM goes through the roof on my aura. So that's where I take that. And then uh, if I can't put on my blue light blocking glasses in the early enough, I'll take a, mag a melatonin supplement, three milligrams of that. If I put my blue light blocking glasses on early, I don't really need to take that. But those are kind of the, the three. I call them the sleep trinity, valerian root, magnesium, and melatonin. And then uh, one thing that we started doing is like about an hour before bed, we'd turn off all technology, phone, TV, and just sit on the couch or in bed and read. Typically, this reading for me is a health book. So I just finished The Carnivore Code. Now I'm reading Sacred Cow by Diana Rogers and Rob Wolf. And Katie and I have recently increased this window um, to try to allow like maybe even like two hours to just calm down and just read, stop looking at our phones. And that has just really relaxed me before bed. Try to get in bed around 930 or 10. Uh, cool the house down to 68. Put on some eucalyptic essential oils. And then drift off, drift off to uh, Dream World. My goal is, at a minimum, eight hours in bed. Uh, I'm aiming for at least seven hours of a sleep time. I noticed, um, like I said back, I'm able to track all my kind of my sleep stats since I have the Aura Ring, and since I've been intentional about trying to get seven hours of sleep, I've noticed an increase in my HRV, a decrease in my resting heart rate, an increase in my sleep efficiency. I mean. It's, it's, it's really incredible how, how much consistent sleep impacts me, but that's it. And then I pretty much do the whole thing again. <laughs> that's a good one. I, uh, I don't think I've ever heard your, your routine like front to back. So yeah, I need some takeaways from that. The one that I don't do that I need to start doing is timing my supplements. I just kind of throw them all in at nighttime, right before bed. Yeah. Which I should time them to like you know, take the fat soluble ones around a meal, which I, I don't do at the, at the moment, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's tough. Cause then you have to take pills three times. You got to remember to take pills like three times a day. Right. But it works. All right. Yeah. Now that I've, uh, spent quite a bit of time going through mine, let's hear yours. All right. Mine's probably not quite as, uh, as, detailed potentially but we'll we'll start off here um my daily routine kind of similar again um on carnivore now but this is basically the daily daily routine i'll go back to and it did look different before quarantine but it looks like that i'll be working from home for quite a while so this will probably be my routine going forward for the next few months potentially forever if I end up working at home full time. So we'll see what happens there. But um, yeah, I guess just a disclaimer, like it doesn't look like this every single day. Like there's, um, we all have periods in life where things get chaotic or maybe you, you just need a break from the norm and you're, you're tired of that um, kind of mundane routine. So I'd say this is kind of what my routine looks like 80% of the time. Uh, it's pretty consistent. And then the other 20%, things get changed up a little bit, but this is 80% of the time. This is kind of what it looks like. So in the morning, wake up at 6.30 a.m. I used to get up at 5 a.m. with an alarm uh, to get to work by 7, but since quarantine, I started to just wake up without an alarm just to whatever I naturally wake up at, That's which awesome. ends up be being between 6.30 and 7. 
So I've I've enjoyed not having to like set an alarm and just doing what my body feels best doing, which is about 6.30. So the first thing I do, immediately wake up, brew up some organic Sumatra coffee in a Chemex, which if you don't know what a Chemex is, it's like this uh, glass, uh, it looks like a uh, um, beaker kind of. Um, it makes really good coffee. So I drink just black coffee. I'll put a scoop of uh, collagen in it from vital protein. I just do a half serving. So one scoop and then I do creatine as well. So I use thorns, creatine, five megs of that collagen, black coffee. And I do, I drink, I end up drinking about two cups of that in a day. So the, then once I get that, the next hour is more mindset focused stuff. I'll start by reading my Bible for a bit and then a short devotional. And as well, I read the daily stoic that ends up like all of that takes up, I don't know, 20, 25, 30 minutes or so. And then I do kind of more entertaining, um, entertainment or entertaining reading after that. So I'll read news, uh, for me, things I am interested in are like technology and health. So that's kind of the news I focus on. I, I don't focus too much on the state of the current world. I get kind of <laughs> depressed when I read it. So usually I read like tech news and health news. Um, it's more entertaining reading for me. And then if I have time left in the morning before work, I I usually work on some like lab rat stuff. I'll, I'll do some research for an upcoming episode, prepare uh, an Instagram post, any type of, I, I just feel like best in the morning. My mind works the best. I, I write the best in the morning. So yeah, any type of lab rat stuff I can kind of do at the end of my morning routine. And then I'll cook up breakfast. Uh, so it had been probably not the best at breakfast. Could be worse. Uh, peanut butter, banana on a piece of sourdough bread. Mm, sounds good. That was kind of our breakfast before, uh, I guess during quarantine, that's kind of been our breakfast. And the sourdough bread we get is from like a local, pla- or I guess not local here, but up in Michigan, it's just like three ingredients. It's, it's literally just um, wheat, water, and salt. But it is phenomenal bread. I forget nice. the, I think it's called Stonehouse is the brand. Yeah, I looked for that here. I wasn't able to find it. Uh, it, is, it is incredible. But I'll do that with uh, peanut butter and banana on it kind of a, a lighter breakfast. And then, yeah, I guess I'll just move into my diet since I'm, I'm talking about food now, but in terms of diet, I guess not as, um, dialed in as your diet, Andy, cause you're, you know, you're following the, the walls protocol, which is a offset of the paleo diet. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I adhere to a, a loose paleo diet. Most of what I eat is meat fruits and vegetables, and then some minimally processed foods like sourdough, or occasionally we'll do, I like Mexican with like a, a corn tortilla, or mm-hmm. if we have to do Mexican or, um, if we do like a Italian, we'll, we'll try to do spaghetti squash for the noodles, but occasionally we'll do like a wheat noodle in a wheat noodles in there. But for the most part, not a ton of grains, try to limit those as much as possible. Um, other things I avoid most commonly is sugar, highly processed foods, legumes and dairy. Both of those kind of don't sit well with me. So I guess I do eat peanuts, which is a legume, but all other legumes (laughs) upset me. Peanuts don't for some reason. And then dairy, I used to do milk all the time and cheese all the time, but I went off it for a period of time and felt great. And now whenever I do introduce it, I don't feel so good. So I limit dairy limit legumes, avoid sugar, avoid highly processed foods. Uh, in terms of drinks, I, I mainly just drink water and coffee. Um, Spindrift are kind of like the only three things I drink. Not big on alcohol. Um, I can honestly probably count on one hand the number of alcoholic drinks I've had in 2020. I just don't enjoy the taste of, of most alcohol. So I, I, I cheat on foods instead. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably some... more enjoyable, honestly. I mean, there's yeah. more calories than alcohol. Yeah, we'll get into our, our cheat foods. Actually, I'll, I'll name a few. Nah, we'll say it for the end. Some of our, our favorite cheat foods. All right. 
Um, so yeah, that's kind of my breakfast and then moving into my day. I work here at home now. I work at a standing desk, so I and at my office at a standing desk too. So I typically end up standing like five of the eight hours I'm at the office. Um, always kind of trying to to move around as much as I can. I always have a, a Yeti filled with water on my desk just to make sure I'm always um, hydrated throughout the day. It's easy just to kind of forget when to drink. So always fill my water up. I don't really snack much during the day. I used to, I think at work just because it's, it's gets boring after lunch. So you kind of just want a snack, but now at home I eat a little bit later. So I, I really don't end up snacking at all, but for lunch, it's usually around between noon and one. I cook up my own lunch, which is typically some type of hash with a ground meat, ground beef, bison, turkey, and I'll mix that with sweet potato or some type of starch and then spinach or some type of green egg and spices. And sometimes I'll throw in other, other veggies in, in there too, but it's mainly just like a meat and veggie hash is what lunch looks like almost every single day. Then, uh, work a few more hours of the day. I typically finish work around four o'clock. Uh, and then I will start to do my workout. Uh, I have a gym out in my garage. I used to, to go to a CrossFit gym. Now we're in a, a home, so I have kind of a, a, a garage gym where I do all of my workouts. And for those, um, I guess like before that, I, I, I feel better working out when I have eaten something light because I'm usually hungry by then. So I'll eat something light, a, a light carb, like an apple or something, RX bar, about 30 minutes before a workout. And then I go out to the garage, spend about 10 minutes doing a warm up really warm up like the shoulders and hips is kind of what I focus on and then get into my workout, which is similar. If you follow us on Instagram, the kind of the workouts we post on there is typically what I'll do. And I also try to incorporate strength training about three days a week into that. So I'll do like squatting, deadlifting, and some type of shoulder press about three days a week mixed in with my normal workout. But overall, I, I end up working out about five to six days a week. It's not always the same. I just kind of do based upon my schedule and based upon how I feel is when I work out. So it's not, it's not consistent, but it ends up being about five to six days a week. Most of the time, I don't do anything pre-workout or post-workout in terms of supplements. Uh, during the summer, sometimes I'll do some type of electrolyte, like a noon tablet. But for the most part, I'm just drinking water. Again, no post-workout supplements either. I used to do a protein powder but I try to just get that from my meals without supplementing it. So I typically eat uh, a high protein meal for dinner and I eat dinner about 30 minutes after my workout ends. So I cut off the, the protein powder and have not seen any issues with that. So, um, yeah, dinner, I guess I go right into dinner after a workout and my wife is kind enough to cook most nights for, for both of us. And that usually includes some similar to lunch, some type of meat, veggies, and occasionally we'll, we'll incorporate some grains into the meal, but pretty heavy with meat and veggies. And then into the evening routine, which is kind of similar to you, Andy. Um, after, yeah, after dinner, I'll kind of get into that wind down mode and... I'll, like, I have smart lights in the house, so I'll, I'll turn all of those down to 10%. Um, or by, by the time the sun sets, they'll all be at 10%. So if I'm just at home with the lights dimmed all the way, I don't wear my, my glasses. But I will if, like, if we out, go out and run an errand late at night or if we are, are like watching something, I'll put my glasses on. Um, I mean, evenings are pretty, pretty low key. Sometimes I will do, you know, lab rats work if we have that. Uh, sometimes we'll hang out back on the, the porch. We have a golden retriever named Nala. She's made a few appearances in our Instagram <laughs> stories. So me and Mariah will hang out with her out in the backyard. Uh, yard work honestly takes up <laughs> a lot of my time. We in in house projects. So back in March, right before the quarantine started, we purchased a house. So there's been a ton of projects, a ton of housework 
uh, yard work. So I feel like most weekends and evenings, there's always something to do. So that really takes up, honestly, a chunk of time in the evening. Um, and then we will, at times, I I should be setting time aside to read more in the evenings. Honestly, it ends up being watching Netflix. But I really, I like your your habit of one hour before bed, putting technology away. I was doing that for a period of time. And I was getting through a lot of books. And then I stopped doing that, started watching Netflix again. And I don't read anymore. So yeah. other than I mean, like audio books. Netflix is a form of winding down. It is, you yeah. know, if if you're block if you can block the blue light from it, then it, yeah. it can still help you wind down. Yeah. I just need to I need to find balance with with watching Netflix and and reading. It's it's with me it's like all or nothing in terms of in terms of entertainment and watching TV, so. Yeah. It's hard because like once you turn on Netflix like I mean we're you know, we're always cycling through the office like what they're all throwing an episode of the office while we're making dinner and it's e- so much so easy to just like keep hitting continue continue because right. it's 20 minutes you don't have to move you're just laying there it's like yeah this is funny like it's it's relaxing so it, it is hard to, to to shut off everything and just okay no we're just gonna read now but i think i think it's worth the payoff yeah so then uh, around bedtime i typically wind down around 9 p.m try to kind of have lights off and asleep by 10. But uh, I'll do I do all of my supplements right before bed. So I take 100 mgs of vitamin C, 5000 I use of wait, I say 100 or 1000. 1000 mgs of vitamin C, 5000 I use of vitamin D. Oh yeah, 30, I think I said <laughs> I think I said mgs of vitamin D. It's IU. <laughs> IU, yeah. 5 5000 IU of vitamin D. 30 megs of zinc, 400 megs of magnesium. If I don't feel tired or if my schedule is just off for some reason, I will do five megs of melatonin. I try not to make that a habit just so I can not have to rely on it, but Mm -hmm. occasionally I'll throw in some melatonin. And yeah, that is it. I'll I'll take all of that before bed. How much sleep do you get then each night? Lately, it has been of actual sleep, like seven hours and 15 minutes. Okay, that's, that's in right bed. about where I'm at. Okay. In bed for close to nine hours. I need to get my sleep efficiency up. Like my, my efficiency, meaning how much I'm in bed versus how much I'm actually sleeping of that time in bed is like 85%. I'd like to get our, yeah, between, between 78 and 85, I'd like to get that up at 90 or above chili pad yeah the one that i used it um it was above 90 percent. so yeah mine last night i used it and it was 89 percent, which was great yeah and my hrv was 70 which is the highest i've ever seen it really but i think that's due to consistent sleep mm-hmm. this is probably the first yeah. time in my life i've gotten consistent quality sleep every night for weeks really? that's good but yeah, okay. So it sounds like we get about the same amount of sleep, and honestly, kind of have similar schedules. Yeah, for the most part, it's it's kind of kind of close. But like you said, we're always experimenting with stuff. Like carnivore had kind of has shifted our meal routines. Um, we're always we're always trying new things. So this is kind of where it stands right now. Uh, you want to get into like some fun questions instead of just talking yeah. about like all the good yeah. things we do. Yeah, we're not. Uh... It's not all, it's not always like that. There's definitely, you know, we eat, we do eat bad food on occasion. So let's get into those. Like, what are some of your favorite naughty foods? So I don't know, like you, I tip, you typically eat it on the weekend, don't you? Like you go out and. Yeah. So naughty foods, it, it depends. So like our biggest consistent naughty, I guess, would be this pizza, this frozen pizza that we get at Sprouts. Oh. It's. It's actually like not half bad. It's sourdough bread and it's like, you know, quality sourdough for the crust. And then it has like no added sugars or anything. And then some like organic tomato sauce. Again, no added sugars. And then some grass fed shredded cheese on top. Do you add it? Are there like toppings like veggies or do you add any veggies to it? No. No way, man. Just straight (laughs) cheese. (laughs) 
Um, so we, we do that every once in a while. Like we love that. Uh, we'll do that with like a movie. I'll maybe have a glass of wine with that. So aside from that, like sweets, uh, donuts. I mean, she loves donuts. Oh, so we'll, yeah. we'll do that for special occasions, like her birthday or anniversary. I, I love cereal. Like sometimes I'm just like, I need a bowl of cereal. What's your go-to cereal? Oh, man. Like, dude, that okay. Is so tough. Do you, when you go, here's, here's what I struggle with when I'm like looking at, when I, when I decide, okay, I'm having cereal tonight. I struggle with, do I just go all out like complete garbage, like fruit loops, Reese's puffs, or do I go for the semi, I don't want to use the word healthy, but semi healthy, like cashy cereal. Yeah. Like what's your approach? A, yeah. No, dude, I struggle with that too. I guess it kind of depends on where I'm at because Sprouts is like right down the road from us. So that's kind of our go-to if we want something. They have, you know, those semi-healthy cereals. Like they don't have right. name brand cereals. I mean, they have Cashy. So I'll do Cashy a lot if like I feel as if I have some control. <laughs> it's not, I mean, honestly, it's probably about the same. <laughs> but in ter- like in terms of quality. Like sugar content. Yeah. But if I am just going all out, yeah, dude, Reese's Puffs are good, or the uh, the peanut butter Captain Crunch is good. Dude, I have been craving, uh, like since Carnivore, I've never even thought about like peanut butter Captain Crunch. Two weeks into Carnivore, it's all I can think about. <laughs> <laughs> That'll have to be one of your celebratory meals. I know. I mean, I don't know, man. When you walk down the cereal aisle, it's just <sighs> fascinating. Just there's yeah. so many good options. Yeah. But anyway, those are kind of my... Weak spots, I guess. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm the same. Pizza, me and Mariah do pizza uh, more often than I'd like to admit. <laughs> uh, I love pizza so much, and I'm, I'm craving everything right now, being on Carnivore. I know. But that's well, our... Is, yeah. Good. No, I was going to say, like, the thing is with pizza is it's fat and carbs, and that combo is just hits the spot. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it's so good. So pizza is definitely our go-to like cheat dinner. In terms of like sweets, I I love pastries. So like mm. anything, donuts, cinnamon rolls, any types of like pumpkin bread, banana nut bread, um, cookie, yeah. chocolate chip cookies. Oh, I love all that stuff so much. Sometimes like if we cook it at home, which usually we are preparing it ourselves, we more often than not make like a paleo version of it which justifies why we do that once a week. <laughs> so typically on the weekend, we'll we'll do some type of baked good, but it is usually paleo, so we're not doing like sugar in there. We'll do like maple syrup or honey. Right, right. But you, yeah, it's good. So any type of pastry is my, is my weakness when it comes to sweets. And then for snacking, chips and salsa, I could eat literally every single day of my life i think i i found the perfect combo like i've been searching for the perfect chip and salsa combo and there's one at meyer called green mountain gringo it's actually like it's, it's organic it's um you know non-gmo all that good stuff no at i don't believe there's any sugar added and it, it's pretty clean it is i like i could eat an entire jar it what do you so what, good. what kind of chips uh, like what was your brand I don't know the name of the chips. I know where they're at in the store. <laughs> you know what the packaging looks like? They're like, or, I mean, they probably all look the same. It's like an orange packaging. It's over by, it's not like in the chip aisle. It's over by like the, the meats and cheeses, like at the top oh. of one of those things. Okay. Um, I think it's like a, you know, it still has, it's cooked in sunflower oil. I want to get away from sunflower, sunflower oil baked chips, but your only option is really the Siete which ends up being expensive. And I need like three bags of Siete to get through a, a can of Green Mountain Gringo. And I, I found the perfect ratio. So the, the bag of chips is perfect for one oh, thing nice. of salsa. Or, Dude, that's no, the, yeah, that's what I think it's a two to one ratio. Okay. Uh, you can tell where... Um, I know, man. Dude, I could just like <laughs> daydream about this kind of stuff. I love the Santita. Is that what it's called? The chips, the corn chips? Mm, not yeah. that corn chips. They're tortilla chips, but they're made of corn. Um, but anyway, they're... I love those. They're so salty. Mm, I know. Dude, I, I, I have a problem where, I mean, I, I finally got off it, but I would get those chips all the time. I'd go through like half a bag every single day. And <laughs> Wait, like if I buy them. Did you eat them just plain or did you dip them in something? No, just plain. 
Well, I, I mean, wow. sometimes they get salsa, but I can just eat those straight up. Or, or I would make avocado or guac. Mm, uh, I love guac. But um, yeah, I've gotten out, gotten off that. I've been, uh, I've been clean. I've been clean for six <laughs> months now. Really? Are you gonna so, so. splurge on that? Like, as once you get off carnivore, is that gonna be one year? I think I actually will do some sort. I'll probably do the siete chips, the grain free chips with avo- with guac. Okay. Because I think yeah. that'll be a good kind of a light, yeah. good transition. Yeah. High fat, but not a ton of carbs. Yeah. So as you can see, we're not always just eating super healthy and uh, exercising. We uh, yeah, we we have our moments of weakness. <laughs> yeah. All right. Another fun question, man. We're getting we're getting long here, but let's keep rolling through. <laughs> How long do you want to live? I think you're more you're probably more passionate about this than I am. I I mean. It'd be cool to live to be like 125, just like a nice, nice clean number. But um, I really don't want my my quality of life to be like unlivable at that age. Right. I I would just be happy if I I mean even if I died at like 90, but I'm still like moving, walking around, doing every like self sustained at 90, and I die then I'd be totally happy. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, when I say, you know, I want to live to 120, I mean, ideally I live to 150, but (laughs) you know, if we're talking realistically, it's probably going to be closer to 120. And I'm serious about that. Like, I think that's very possible, but yeah, I don't want it to be what you think of when you think of an old person where they can't walk, they're in constant pain, they have dementia. And I don't think it has to be that way. Uh, I mean, we're still trying to figure it out, but I think we can live long and live well. And that's, that's why I'm so passionate about it is because, you know, I see people, you know, in their seventies and eighties running marathons and they're doing well, they're, they're self-sufficient. Um, and you know, I, I'm 29, I'll be 30 next year. And I know a lot of people go through this, this 30, you know, midlife crisis. Yeah. I'm really not scared. I'm I'm looking forward to the future. Like I think I, I don't think I'll feel old until I'm like 60. Yeah. I mean, even when I hit 40, 50, it's like, okay, I've seen people continue to like live vibrantly at those ages. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, look at our, our pops. He's, what is he? 63, six, right? Five. No. Three. <laughs> <laughs> He's 63. 63 still doing crossfit like very active in crossfit like we um, can work out with him like that's that's awesome yeah. i mean it looks like like his body looks like hugh jackman he's yeah. like ripped um yeah i mean he's taken really good care of himself in the past in the past 10 years really he's done a lot so it's possible yeah yeah it can be done a good analogy that i heard this is in a book that i read you know, anytime I tell somebody I want to live to 120, the response is, I, how? I, I, why? I don't, I hope I'm dead by 90. I was talking with a client the other day and we we're talking about planning, like assuming they lived to like 94 and they laughed. Like if I'm, if I'm still alive at 94, just, you know, just shoot me. It's like, <laughs> okay. I know when you think of 94, you think of an old crippled person, but it doesn't have to look like that. And I think if you felt good, you would want to live that long. Like what, what if I just, something somebody came to you and said hey you know we've we've um you've actually been in a coma for several years and and right now the way you look and feel you're actually 90 yeah you wouldn't say well i want to die then because i'm 90 no if you feel good you live good like you do today why would you want to just die you know just because you've lived a long time if you feel good you you want to keep living yeah it just it's so it's so rare to have somebody in their nineties being self-sustaining, but yeah, I hope that changes. I hope, I hope people today with the information that's out there with all that we know that people are more aware and more dedicated to changing their lifestyle, changing their habits to, to live a life starting at in your twenties that you can sustain into your nineties, into your one hundreds and still have a great life and still have a, a desire to live a quality life. Right. I think it's possible. I think we're figuring it out and I'm optimistic about it. Yeah. All right. Should we wrap it up there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When we first started this episode, 
Aaron asked me, how long do you think this is going to be? I said, I don't know, sub 30 minutes. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, this is a long one guys. And if, if you're still here, um, yeah, ho- hope we you guys can... got some good stuff out of this. I know it's a very different kind of episode, but thanks for listening anyway. Um, next week we'll, we'll actually be releasing another guest appearance. I think you guys are going to really enjoy that one. And then after that episode, we kind of return to a more a normal episode that you all are used to with us diving into a specific health topic. Um, thanks. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. And if you all could help us out and drop us a rating and or review in the podcast app or Spotify, that'd be a huge help. We're not looking for five stars where we honestly just want some, some honest feedback and we want to use that to make this a better podcast for you all. So we would appreciate a rating and review in the podcast app, or just feel free to DM us on Instagram. Uh, Thank you all for listening and hope you guys have a great week.